Some 500 colleges and universities host Reserve Officer Training Corps programs, and the Navy Federal Credit Union has expanded its scholarship program to include all of them. For an update, the Credit Union's Vice President for Branch Operations, Matt Lawson. Matt, good to have you on. Thanks for having me. From your perch of the Navy Federal Credit Union and looking across the nation at these 500 ROTC programs, what are you seeing in terms of interest and enrollment in ROTC? I'm guessing it's it's increasing. I'm, I'm certainly seeing the, the quality of, of ROTC uh, cadets and midshipmen it, it continues to increase. Uh, we've had this program since 2018, and, and I've been a judge for the scholarship for each year since, uh, since its inception. Uh, and I'm amazed by the quality of both scholarship uh, for these cadets and midshipmen, uh, their service to their communities, and then, uh, you know, as important, their, their military excellence. Um, you're seeing a, a lot of uh, interest in STEM fields, which I think is very critical uh, to the future of Department of Defense, and a lot of work in the uh, civilian uh, enterprise uh, with internships and such, which you know continues to broaden that that experience that these future uh, officers are bringing in. And we should point out, I guess, that more, well, more than half of the initial officers coming into the military branches come from ROTC. That is to say, more than come from the service academies. Oh, certainly. Um, you know, ROTC has been that primary source for, for the military for, for many years, um, and that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. When we look at this, you know, having a scholarship program specifically for these cadets and midshipmen just makes sense because of the, the, the raw numbers and, and to make sure that they're taken care of. And how does the scholarship program work? Tell us how many scholarships, where, who, and how. Cadets and midshipmen are nominated by their ROTC uh, detachments uh, and forwarded. We have scholarships for both for Navy, Air Force, and Army ROTC. There's a judging panel at Navy Federal Credit Union that, that looks at these. Uh, we end up awarding uh, scholarships to, to 12 uh, cadets and midshipmen, evenly distributed between the services. Uh, but the, the top from each service we, we name as the, the ROTC All-American those are the ones that we honor at, at the uh, at the military bowl that's upcoming here in end of December. All right. And what are the criteria? Are these based on need or based on academic excellence or combination? So there's four pillars that we look at. Leadership, military excellence, scholarship, and service. We look at all four of those equally. Leadership both at their university and in their ROTC detachment. Obviously, military excellence, scholarship how they're performing at their university, and then service to their community, service uh, to their ROTC detachment. Got it. And just by way of aside, do you find in dealing with the universities that the support is there for ROTC in beyond a grudging kind of way, or is my perception of universities and ROTC out of date here? I would say in general, the the ROTC cadets are are well integrated in with the student population, able to, to be leaders in student government, leaders academically. And, and so I think there is, is good support overall for, for their activities at most universities. We're speaking with Matt Lawson. He's vice president for branch operations at the Navy Federal Credit Union. And what have you seen in terms of the question of the day, the diversity of the people coming into ROTC? I imagine it's really grown a lot also in recent years. ROTC in general has been a diverse program for, for many years. I can say I'm a proud graduate of an ROTC program. But I would say as we look at the scholarship program, we continue to see 
uh, a very diverse field of candidates of various backgrounds and from various universities as well, you know, from all universities, including uh, HBCUs, land-grant universities, and everything in between. Um, we're seeing nominations from, from all these schools and, and glad to be able to recognize the, the high-quality candidates at, at, uh, at them. And looking at this year's All-American 3, there is definitely an Eastern orientation, but it's also North-South. You've got University of Massachusetts, which is a little bit of a surprise, and then, of course, the Citadel and Missouri University of Science and Technology. But tell us about these All-Americans. I will say that the competition is very fierce and, and that the, the judges uh, all have to take a lot of time to review and, and comparatively rank them. But I'll say for all three, just outstanding scholarship um, and outstanding leaders of their ROTC detachments in each in their own way, making their ROTC detachment better than it was when they arrived on campus. And I think that's a, a critical thing that we look at because we want these to be future leaders who, who do great things in the military and take care of their soldier, sailors and airmen and Marines. And, and I think these three candidates are well on their way to, to being uh, to doing that. And are they seniors or what's their prospect? Where are they in their in their careers? Right. These will all be uh, commissioning officers here uh, in the next several months. Um, so they will make their way to the force. Uh, this is their sort of uh, and then that's why I think we see such great candidates that have been honed by the programs for, you know, three, three and a half years. And by the way, how do the candidates for scholarships in the first place and the All-Americans get to your attention in the first place? Well, we, uh, we advertise this program, advertise is the right word, but we certainly publicize this program with all the ROTC detachments. Uh, and so uh, you know, great many of them take us up on it. It's a fairly simple nomination form. We want we know there's a lot of demands on the ROTC instructor's time. Um, but uh, we've had great response. We started this very small with less than 20 schools. And, and like you said, we're up to nominating at all ROTC detachments, and we continue to have more nominations each year. Yeah, so that puts a lot more pressure on the judging panel if you're getting applications from 500 institutions instead of, say, 25. Oh, oh definitely. Uh, and and it's, a, uh, it's certainly a time commitment to, to read through it. Uh, but I would say it's a very rewarding time commitment. I think all of our judges have have some sort of veteran status. And I think we always walk away feeling much better about the, the future state of the United States military, knowing that these are going to be future commissioned officers. Matt Lawson is vice president for branch operations at the Navy Federal Credit Union. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? 
Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual, actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life, and um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style, and how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about but that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up. Uh, make decisions. 
uh, do what you think is right and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, And I might add that um, any proceeds from the book Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Celebrate this holiday season by sending money to your loved ones with Western Union. As a new customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee when you send money online. For fast and reliable money transfers, use Western Union. Visit westernunion.com or download our app today to get started and your first transfer fee is on us. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983, or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985, FX Gain Supply.
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.